and welcome to Conversations with Irish Doctors for the Environment, where we talk to inspirational people from all walks of life who share a deep commitment to their communities and the natural world that sustains them. By striving to make a positive change to the world, however small, our guests offer a vision of reclaimed agency and hope that combats cynicism and despair and provides a glimpse of a future that we can all look forward to. My name is Margaret Brennan and my co-host for today is Callum Swift. We are both members of Irish Doctors of the Environment, which is an organisation that aims to promote human health through protection of the environment. Today we are delighted to be joined by some of the founders of Irish Doctors of the Environment, Sandra Green, Aoife Kirk and Rachel McCann. We're going to discuss why Irish Doctors of the Environment came about, ongoing work and their vision for the future. Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, pity we can't be meeting in a pub in person, but it is what it is. Uh, first of all, I'd, I'd love to know what was driving you to start ID in the first place. It's such an amazing organisation and I'm intrigued to know what was your motivation from setting it up. Um, thanks, Callum. Um, I suppose for me, initially, my interest in climate change, I felt, was really individual. And I realised that for doctors, there wasn't any sort of community or group that were like-minded, I felt. And it was only when Sandra approached me and we were chatting and then realised... After you were looking for doctors to do a beach clean. <laughs> That's true. I had sent out an SOS to the matter as he chose, looking for anybody to join me for a beach clean because I was just feeling so guilty about plastic pollution in the beaches and the rivers. And then she told me about this group, um, Irish Doctors in the Environment, and that's how I was recruited. So it was that sense of joining a community of people that were like me, that I knew from work um, to get involved in something bigger. That's amazing. And it's intriguing how something that started off as the desire to do something quite small and individual has turned into an organization that has a much larger impact and much greater than the sum of all its parts. And Sandra, what about you? I think, you know, as doctors, we're, we're all aware that climate change, or a lot of us are aware that climate change is one of the greatest global health threats of the world. And as doctors, if, if there's a health threat, I suppose you do feel some onus to speak out on it and be part of the solutions. And sometimes, though, when you're when you're faced with such a huge problem, you can nearly feel like, where do you begin? But at least if you have a network around you, a support group around you of people who are thinking similarly, as you can see with IDE, I mean, a huge amount can be done. Each of us can't do everything, but together we can all do something. Yeah, I love that quote. And it's so true. Um, Aoife, you went on to study climate change in London. And I was wondering if you could run us through some of the main impacts that climate change is having and will have on human health. Sure. So one of the first lectures we got was from Prof Haynes, who's very heavily involved in climate change and health and has been for the last few years and set up numerous health commissions on it. And really, it spooked me in a way. So began looking up more about it. And I guess the easiest way to break down the effects on health as they are numerous and they can come in different ways. in different ways is to look at it from uh, direct impacts so that can affect your health directly for example heat waves wildfires floods it can also look at uh, infectious disease transmission and obviously we've seen unfortunately with covid how quickly an infectious disease can travel from one part of the world to the next and then of course food security and undernutrition and food supply systems from that Then you can look at the more indirect and often they're a bit harder to gauge and to measure, but they're equally as important. So that's kind of looking at issues like adaptation plans. So how do we prepare our health systems? How do we prepare cities? How do we create healthy cities? And then, of course, how do we create 
clean and healthy transport, food, agriculture. So it really comes this whole range. And I guess that's where planetary health um, comes into place. It's looking at the interdisciplinary aspect of it. So how do we cross-link doctors working with public health, working with transport, working with policymakers? I think the the exciting part about IDE is doctors come with um, their own background and experience and they can bring a wealth of knowledge and then start looking at the research in different areas around that. So kind of feeding on from what you were saying, Aoife, um, you were talking about the whole group bringing their own experience. Um, when I joined IDE, I was really interested to learn about the breadth of projects that IDE is involved with. And this seems directly related to the interdisciplinary nature of the group. Can you tell us a bit more about what kind of projects ID has been involved with over the years? So over the last two and a half years or so, we've been involved in many different diverse projects to date. Um, it's probably easiest to think about it in terms of four pillars of ID, which are change, advocacy, science and education. And our projects would have fallen broadly under these headings. So in terms of the change, we would have um, worked towards um, improved policy on a national level through the, our public consultations. Uh, we would have worked on changes within hospitals um, for more sustainable practice. Recently, we were involved in improving sustainability within um, the College of Anesthesia. Um, and we would have, outside of the hospital, then campaigned for things like more cycleways. In terms of our advocacy work, then, uh, we would use our voices as clinicians to support projects from other organisations. Um, so, for example, we joined the Global Climate Strike. Uh, we also raised funds. So we raised €3,000 uh, enough to plant 1,000 trees uh, to honour the contribution of frontline workers during COVID. And this is at the Home Tree um, Foundation. In terms of um, science, then, through our research groups, we've been involved in research projects, again, assessing the sustainability of Irish healthcare, and then other projects like assessing the impact of the heatwave in 2018 on presentations to hospitals. Um, and we were also involved in an Ocean Health weekend up in Sligo. Yeah, I'm glad to have missed that. It sounded like a great weekend. Uh, I'm always keen for a surf and it's great to meet other like-minded people. Yeah, I definitely think that that um, one of the strongest thing IDE does is, is bring different people together. So it's brought lots of different doctors together, brought lots of different organizations together, both national and international. And it's definitely like the most satisfying projects are the ones when you get to bring kind of different groups together that might have never met over for any other reason so when you have an orthopedic consultant working on a project with a um maybe I don't know public health doctor or something like that that, that may have never been uh, whose paths may have never crossed I think that's really definitely one of the assets of being in a network like this yeah I think that's so true uh, the first talk we organized was with John Gibbons a very well-known and prominent climate journalist in Ireland and one of the really memorable things he said which has stuck with me ever since was that the most important and effective way to combat the increasing anxiety and hopelessness that's associated with increasing awareness of how much trouble we're in is finding a community of people who are in the same boat as you who also care about the environment and who most importantly are also doing something about it engaging with a group of people from a few friends to a larger group is I think one of the best ways we can feel like we're actually doing something and that's a huge antidote to the despair that can set in when you're just reading endless articles about how the world is crumbling around you and certainly from my own point of view I've found ID an amazing outlet for that desire to actually do something about the situation. So I suppose on a more personal level we've kind of touched on this already and um, what have you learned from being involved with ID or what impact has it had in your life? 
I suppose for me, one of the impacts or the learning points from IDEs, it shows us how the impacts of climate change could affect our day to day. And I actually think the last nine months, the impact of COVID has really mirrored that in a sense that we've really felt how a health system can get so easily overwhelmed by a, an international virus that has spread through globalization. And it kind of projects some of the problems we could have in the future um, by different impacts that are out of our control, be it a pandemic or a heat wave or just the strains on our natural resources through overconsumption. And I think this sensation of our, the fragility of our healthcare has shown me kind of what the seriousness of or some of the impacts we could face. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Last year, I found myself speaking at the annual emergency medicine conference about planetary health and climate change. And that's not something I ever thought I'd be doing. I wanted to inspire to be speaking about emergency medicine. But I realised that we're not going to have the ability to practice expensive and cutting edge emergency medicine or any medicine in decades to come if our health systems have collapsed due to the effects of climate change. And we can see that really clearly with COVID, how quickly our systems are overwhelmed and services we took for granted, like routine outpatients and GP face-to-face -face and elective surgery are cancelled because the system can't cope with them. And that's really what's driving me to be involved with planetary health. So I think one of the things I really take away from IDE is, is the influence that we have or, you know, the opportunities that are there in front of you, like Whenever we have approached people about climate issues, you, you always, expect, always expect that there's going to be some backlog or some pushback. Um, but really everywhere we've gone, we find that we've pushed open doors. So we've asked to meet the Department of Health. They've come and met with us. You know, you, you bring things to the hospital and, and more often than not, people turn around and say, that's a great idea. Let's just do that. You know, you always come kind of with your armor ready to fight your case. And then when you turn up, people say, yes, let's do that. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think that reflects a broader trend, the disparity between the public appetite for meaningful climate action and, and what's actually being delivered by those in power. But I think we're definitely starting to see this change and the election of Joe Biden in America and the flurry of new measures that he introduced on election has really shown uh, the political gravity of the situation and how leaders need to be responsive to the, the desires of their electorate. And it's really fantastic to see him undo a lot of the harm that Donald Trump has done. Eva, earlier you mentioned that climate action can bring long-term benefits to human health. Can you explain a bit more about this? Yeah, I guess it's um, it's really important to remember that climate change is such a, a systematic or a systemic issue. Um, so that takes collaboration across all sectors to tackle these issues. And in IDE, we use what we call a planetary health approach to that. So that focuses on understanding, first of all, what the issues are in the global environmental disruptions, but also how can we quantify them and their effect on human health and then focus really on solutions and actions. So it's very positive thinking in that sense. And obviously the co-benefits then of climate action are enormous. So that includes creating healthier communities. So that's through clean air for everyone, sustainable, healthy diets, active modes of transport. And I think something really hopeful that I thought about recently is we actually did this for the ozone layer back in the 1980s. And that was through a lot of putting pressure on policymakers to make those big changes that unfortunately are needed and we do need action from that level as well as an individual level. Absolutely and I, I think Ireland can really lead in this. We're a rich small country and we've led in the past. Uh, we were the first country to introduce a ban on indoor smoking 
and the rest of the world, or most of the rest of the world, followed suit. And so there is a chance here for the Irish government to assume a, a real leadership role. We produce a huge amount of renewable energy already, and, and we have so much wind that that can become an even greater share of our energy supply. We have such beautiful countryside that can be rewilded. We have uh, small cities that we can connect up together and we can make the cities easier to get around in using cycling and public transport. And we can really provide a kind of uh, a leadership and a, a visionary approach to addressing these many issues. And as you say, the effects and the benefits will be felt by everyone in society. Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, ideally, hopefully 30 years from now, instead of being in one of those, you know, five degree rise scenarios that instead maybe we will have addressed this issue and and we'd be living in a world where we'd be cycling to work with healthier air we'd be spending more time in our communities we'd have equal more equal access to healthcare, uh, where we would have more green spaces more trees and um, better preserved na- nature areas we would have a farming system that would not be causing environmental damage and would be providing locally sourced healthy food that we would be making at home with our families um, I think that's what I want to work towards. And just to add, I, I appreciate that that can all sound so green and lovely. And yeah. maybe some cynic out there would think, that, God, they're very young and naive. What do they think they're doing? But actually, we've seen a lot of these changes in our focus in society in the last nine months. People want to spend more time outdoors. We want to go for our walks and um, have those weekends by the sea. So I think people appreciate our environment around us. And particularly when now we're all being asked to sacrifice so much for our healthcare system. Um, that, that I think the importance of those two um, are at the forefront more than ever. So protecting that um, will be more precious than ever before. Yeah, I think we definitely have a new understanding of the importance of health. And we've always said with ID, you know, um, health is the best reason for, for action on climate change. You know, as doctors, we can't say exactly what should happen. Uh, we'd leave that to the city planners and the policymakers and the um, scientists and environment scientists. But, but we can't say why. And the why we need to change is our health. Well, I hope you enjoyed that introduction to planetary health from Irish Doctors for the Environment. And for the rest of this podcast series, we'll be talking to exactly those people, the city planners, policymakers, scientists and activists that are forging a visionary path into a future that we can all look forward to. For our first episode, we are delighted to be talking to Isabella Tree, conservationist and author of the award-winning book Wilding, The Return of Nature to a British Firm. The spectacular results of her rewilding projects offer a window into possible solutions to many of today's most critical problems from carbon sequestration, soil restoration, crop pollination, flood mitigation, water purification, animal welfare, and human health. And one last thing, girls, how can people find out more? Um, yeah, super. So we have our website at www.ide.ie and there you can learn more about the people involved in IDE as well as our working groups for which we have a broad array that cover all sorts of different aspects to cover different interests. We also touch on some of our previous projects and our upcoming projects. Keep in touch with us as well by our social media. We are on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook and we will announce any upcoming events or initiatives for anybody who's keen to get involved. That's great and thanks so much for coming on the show girls. Thanks so much, Cam. Thanks, welcome. Thank you. Thanks, girls. Great to chat to you today.
Conversations with Irish Doctors for the Environment is produced by me, Dr. Callum Swift. The soundtrack was created by Patrick Dexter and his band Numenor. <laughs>